Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the CDL Podcast channel. In today's episode, it's going to be back to predictions. We have some matches coming up this week, and we got some news, some interesting hypotheticals to talk about, uh, some stuff being dropped in, in the game as content, some free agent talk already for next season. It's a little early to start that, but uh, Jacob Hale put out a great tracker to kind of see what contracts are looking like. We had some roster news um, after we reported the uh, recorded the podcast last week. Of course, Boston made a roster change. Um, and they just seem to hit us with the COD timing again, where they release it minutes after we finish recording, so we can't talk about it um, on the podcast, but we'll jump into that today, and then, like I said, talk about our predictions for not only the matches this week, but kind of, in general, some long-standing, like, bold predictions and random stuff for the stage as a whole, so excited to jump into that. If you guys enjoy this one on YouTube, be sure to leave a like, comment, and subscribe. Help us get towards that 1,000 subscriber goal for the end of the season and if you're on the audio platforms drop a follow drop a five-star review on there keep seeing momentum on there and we love to see it so without further ado let's jump into this one brock how you doing today uh doing doing pretty good for a monday besides when i woke up and it was snowing and raining that was not very fun yeah but other than that good day good day yeah we uh may 1st you know ready for warm weather we woke up today and uh I looked outside and I saw oh, snow. I walked outside. My socks got wet because there was so much slush on the ground that it went through my shoes. And I was like, it's May 1st. I should not be in a winter jacket, winter hat, oh, walking through snow right now. Thankfully, it's warm enough, though. Snow's gone already yeah. by the nighttime. But still, to even see snow coming down on May 1st is absurd. But I think at the end of the week, we hit 70 degrees and then we run from there. and We never go back to cold for a few months. Thank the Lord. If it's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's jump into this. Got some... Fun stuff. I mean, normally at this time of year, like as we round into major five, roster rumors are pretty much done because teams have their established roster for champs or aren't making too many more moves. So it can get kind of stale. But we actually have some somewhat interesting stuff to talk about, in my opinion, at least um, ahead of the predictions and stuff like that. So first thing, obviously, being Nero benched for Vivid. Um a little bit tough for Nero because I feel like he's been playing pretty well. Um, yeah. Not like uh, this isn't like a case of like Nero's been awful. He had to be benched. He's he's been really bad. Uh, he's been a pretty good player, and I think you could argue at times has been Boston's most impactful player. Um, mm-hmm. Especially with Vivid out of the lineup, I feel like Kremp sometimes making some questionable plays. Awakening, we know he he puts up the stats, but maybe not always the most impactful and. Beans has been pretty inconsistent as well. He has crazy moments and then some moments where he really struggles. But I feel like Nero, although he also has his struggles, has been more consistent this year and like has a lot of impact on the game because of how many engagements he's in. And I, I don't, I can't say I hate the move because Vivid's Vivid. He's also a very impactful, good player. But it's just like an odd move because I don't necessarily know that Nero deserves to be benched. But they're probably just trying everything at this point. Yeah, I would have to agree. That is Nero. I don't, I don't know. I don't even like when, if they bench Vivid and to, just to put him back in for Nero. Because isn't Kremp basically like Nero? Yeah, like, I feel like they're pretty similar players. I feel like, I actually think Nero and Vivid might be more similar than people think as well. But Nero just didn't look as fast next to Vivid because, I mean, yeah, Vivid is like the pace setter in the league. Him and Abizi are like the only guys that play as fast as they do. Yeah. To me, this, this still puts Boston as the the middle of the pack teams, which they're not going to beat the best teams. Yeah, I don't think this really like moves the needle for me at all. Like, I don't think it makes them significantly worse, and I don't think it makes them significantly better either. It's just kind of like a okay, 
Boston, you know, they're there. The only way it could maybe get better is if like their teamwork becomes like outstanding or something somehow with this move, but yep. I can't really see that happening either. Like that doesn't stick out to me. It's just it just came, kind of seems like a lateral move to me. I think they're still going to be a pretty good team. Um but I feel like maybe they did drop off a little bit when they benched Vivid. Yeah. The result at the major was the worst result they've had all year. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't personally think that that was really Nero's fault, to be honest. No, I don't think so either. It's just Boston. No, I don't know. I don't me, love I it. it. Don't hate it. Like you said, lateral move. Yeah. To me, I feel like it's also probably because like, like you said, they're middle of the pack, probably at best with every roster they've tried this year. They really have only hit like middle of the pack and, you know, they tried the vivid Nero roster to start the year. You know, they were okay, had some decent finishes, but didn't really look like they could ever hit like a ceiling of a top team. Then they tried this roster where they bench vivid and kind of maybe fell off a little bit, but never really also showed that ceiling where they could be a top team. And why go back to the team that you thought you could never be at the top with? So maybe try the last combination you have. I guess that could probably be the reasoning. Yeah. Unless let's stay at the top. Yeah, let's have a guy in the academy team named Douglas Sensor Martin. He ain't getting them to the top. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. <laughs> yeah, that would, uh, I mean, to be honest, I would take it if we got to see Doug play at champs just for entertainment factor. Yeah, that'd be cool, but Doug's not finished. You determined it, so we're putting Doug in just for the entertainment value. Yep. All right, sounds good to me. I would, I would love to see that. <laughs> Yeah, me too. Just for just for pure entertainment value. Literally, God, just do it, Boston. Come on, <laughs> please. Um, yeah, that's that's about it for the the vivid and Nero talk. Interesting. I'm interested to see what happens. I don't think it's going to be anything you notice too much. And I want to say Boston's schedule. Yeah, Boston's schedule is relatively tough. Um, nothing crazy for the qualifiers, but they do play teams like Seattle, FaZe, and NYSL, and also Minnesota, who's fighting for um, their champ's life. So no super easy matches. And then the one team that they play that's bottom of the barrel, no champs hopes, is Florida. And like we always say, Florida is a little scrappier maybe than mm-hmm. some normal bottom teams that can give you some trouble. So not an easy split for Boston. So we'll definitely get to see them battle-tested in some tougher matches. Definitely. If Florida on the right day can definitely beat Boston. Yeah. Um. Then uh, we're going to talk about the CDL free agent tracker. Jacob Hale uh, released thing. I think it was in collaboration with some other people, but it basically is a spreadsheet tracking um, who the potential free agents are, who confirmed free agents are. So like there is some stuff on this list that may not be accurate. He might not have like the full information on some people like he mentioned, um, but it's essentially got the team's contract statuses. So, um, if their option was extended on the spreadsheet, it means that they're an unrestricted free agent going into this off season. And if they have a plus one, it's kind of up to the team's discretion. Um, just like a contract, like in the NBA where they have a team option. If the franchise decides they want to keep the player for next year, they can extend the option and the player will be under contract or they could completely decline them. So technically anybody on a one plus one could be a free agent. At the mm-hmm. end of the year, the team decides now, obviously there's certain players like, and a BZ and a simp and a Celium who are on a one plus one in the first year of that's and we're assuming they're probably gonna have their options picked up. Um yeah. <laughs> even if they don't want to keep them anymore, they're probably gonna pick up their option because they can sell them for a lot and trade them for a lot of value in return. So like there are certain players like that 
that are probably going to be extended. Um, before we talk about the free agents, there are some notable ones that I wanted to point out that I thought were very interesting. Um, on the side of Boston, Bean says he's on a two plus one. Interesting there. Skies and Hydra, who we know both signed new contracts, are on a two plus one. So unless they trade them away, those guys will be back on New York. Interesting there. Mm-hmm. Um, RCDs and Spart both on two plus ones, but we knew that one. Yeah. Um, this offseason, that was kind of uh, breaking news. Brack on a two plus one, kind of a weird one there. Um, yeah, the only one on this team. Yeah. And then Shotzi on a two plus one, not a shocker there. I will say a little bit shocking because like we know we heard about the potential of Shotzi going to phase this offseason and like maybe leaving Optic, but Scump convinced him to stay. So interesting that he signed a two plus one. Probably feels like he's Optic for life until he retires in a way. Yeah. Um, 100%. Then on Toronto, everybody but Hixie on a two plus one, which also not really shocking. They've basically established Kleenex and Insight as their franchise players for years now. They've been on the roster since the inception of the CDL and MW. Basically, yeah. Insight was a little bit later, but Kleenex has been on since the beginning and um, Scrappy, you know, two plus one to get him locked in on a good deal before he becomes an MVP candidate. So two plus one guys, anybody you see there that surprised you? Um... Not really. It's kind of weird, like the boss, the beans, two plus one, and Brack two plus one. But other than that, really, it makes sense for Shotzi, Kleenex, and yeah, the crew. I mean, and most of these probably, two plus one players are franchise type players. Yeah, probably RCDs and Spart not going so well. <laughs> yeah, that one was probably because the LAG had a lot of money before the season. Yeah, and thought RCDs would be a franchise player, and Spart had won them an event and MVP, so maybe that. But like the one that really sticks out to me is Brack, because like. The caliber of players that have two plus one beans was maybe like a bet on his potential, but like guys mm-hmm. in Hydra, they probably figured with their franchise players in New York, Kleenex, Scrappy, Insight, you feel like are your building blocks in Toronto, Shotzi, obviously, that goes without saying, building block for Optic. Um, phase guys are only on ones probably because they knew their value was going to continue to go up and they could get crazy contracts. So they just like, you know, didn't want to. Um, year to year. Didn't want to, yeah, like devalue themselves by being in contracts for too long. Um, but then Brad kind of sticks out. The only like besides the LAG boys and like maybe Beans, like the only like non superstar player to have a two plus one. But shout out to Brad, he's able to lock in that guaranteed contract for that long. Yeah, good for him. Um, then we've got people that are like confirmed uh, for now at least as unrestricted. Um, from the Minnesota side, you got Fame and Real. Interesting players because they are supposed to be such talented players. We've seen Fame play pretty well, and Real supposed to be a pretty darn good player. Um, vivid. Mm-hmm unrestricted free agent he's an intriguing one because the role he plays like we said is unique um and could be valuable to certain teams in the offseason depending on who's all getting moved around yeah 100 percent. kind of in the the same breath there kismet unrestricted that could be an interesting one i could easily see him resigning with new york depending on how the season finishes out but also you know one of those players that has a very unique play style and the fact that he's does so much dirty work that he could be a very valuable free agent this offseason. Yeah. Um, All of Vegas. <laughs> yeah, Hall of Vegas. Yeah, that'll be interesting how they f- actually finish up the season and if they'll actually like make a run, do they just keep the same team potentially? For Vegas? Yeah. I don't if know. If possible, even. <laughs> I was going to say, if they make a run, I think that lowers their chances of keeping their team. Yeah, you're not wrong. Let's just start spending some money. Because, <laughs> like, 
to me, I feel like if they make a run, it only values their players. Like people value their players even more. Obviously, that goes without saying. If you play well, you're gonna have be more valuable. Um, but like I feel like Clay is already established that like you know he can still do it if he wants to play another year. Somebody will probably give him a chance on a better team. Um, yeah. I feel like Standy, if he continues to play well, um, could potentially get an opportunity on a better team. Uh, Temp, I feel like over the last couple of years, as long as he doesn't fall off, like he kind of had a, a tough major. But if if Temp continues to play like he has the last couple of years, I feel like he maybe gets an opportunity. And TJ might be the one that I feel like he's burned a lot of his opportunities. He's had a lot of them, so maybe. Yeah, he's stuck in Vegas, but I feel like if they go on a run, we're going to see almost everybody move on from that team, and they're going to be back to the bottom of the barrel, especially Clay. If he wants to play another year, I feel like he gets a chance at a better team. Yeah, 100% list, like, I don't know. Yeah, not wrong. Like, I could see a world where, like, Clay continues to play really well, whether they make champs or not. Brad Max, Sib, Accuracy, like, all of them leave Seattle or something, and Clay goes and builds a team on Seattle. Yeah. That's 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 likely since you know maybe two players are leaving Seattle. Yeah, or whoever the new team is that takes LAG spot, maybe you want to build around a, a star veteran like Clay, let him build mm-hmm. a team, something like that. Uh, yeah. Other teams though, options, all of Seattle, Pred, Max, Sib, Accuracy, all free agents feel like Pred and Sib probably on the move. Maybe Pred to Optic. Potentially, maybe Sib to Phase or Sib to Optic. You know, uh, they might be moving somewhere. And then all of LA Thieves also free agents. Interesting one there, and Dashy as well. Mm-hmm. So I mean, the Seattle one, I feel Dashie's like picked up. <laughs> yeah, I would assume Dashy's probably picked up for sure on Optic. Um, Seattle one's interesting, but I feel like we've talked about so much about the roster moves that could potentially happen with that camp. But Thieves to me are the interesting one. I feel like they're a team that is really dependent on how they do. They continue to play really well when either major five or champs or both or one or the other. Um, I feel like they could potentially stick, but to see a team stick into a third full season is pretty rare. We don't see teams stick together like with no changes for that long usually. Yeah, um, be- and I, don't, I don't think only a major four win will be enough to keep them. Like if they fall short at champs and major five, I feel like we could potentially see a player move on. If they do, could uh, you know maybe maybe Pred goes to, uh, to Thieves instead of Optic or yeah. Sib. Yeah, that that could be possible. Like if Optic win champs, decide to stick together with that roster, It'd maybe be very they, interesting. they move on. Here's an interesting hypothetical for you: Phase doesn't win another event this year. They're like, you know, Slasher wasn't it? Octane Thieves don't win. Let's say Optic does win champs, um, yeah. and they're keeping the roster. Pred can't go there. Um, what if there's a world where Octane, you know, they don't win? They're like, it's time to move on, and the phase main AR spots open. Sib could go there. Octane could go there. That would be interesting. Octane to phase to play with those three. True. I feel like Octane just. I feel like Octane does not want to leave Thieves. I don't either. <laughs> that is the one thing I would. Yeah, you bring up a good point. He really loves to play for that organization. He says it every time when they win. You know, yeah. That's an interesting hypothetical though. Like, what if they? They lose, they struggled. Maybe Kenny or Envoy just want to move on to a new team. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe Pred goes there, something like that. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. I, I feel like there's a chance, even if they don't win, Thieves could stick together because of how much chemistry they have and how, how much trust they have in each other. I feel like if they have a couple seconds or something, they could be like, you know, we, re- we just fell short. We'll, we'll run it back. I wouldn't be surprised by that either. Yeah. 
I don't, I don't like, think phases in like a or not phase. I don't think thieves in a situation where it's like if we don't win at all, we're breaking up. I don't think that's the case. Whereas like I think optic might be like that. Like if optic doesn't win champs, I think they just might be like, yep, we're picking up pred no matter what, unless we win champs. Yeah, no, I agree. The one thing that is really interesting is just the sib to phase, and he's been on like the academy team in Cold War and stuff like that. Yeah, it feels like. They phase almost feels like a team that might have to win champs in order for Slasher to be safe, just because of that trio is basically probably always going to stick together for a long time at least. Um, and that main AR spot is like that team expects to win every event. So if they're only going to, like, let's say they only end up winning the one event this year, regardless of if they finish third or second at like every event, um, Mm -hmm. like you already know that that team will, um, that team will be looking at things and be like, um, well, we're willing to pick up a new main AR because Slasher didn't cut it. We only won one event this year where most people would kill to win one. They want to be winning multiple in every single event. Yeah. I did hear, I don't know where I heard this from. I mean, it's from some YouTube that I watched. It was like, what if, uh, like, you know, Atlanta Phase doesn't have the best end of the year and they move on from Slasher and they put some on the, on the main, put Sim to a flex and somehow get Pred. <laughs> Yeah, I've actually thought about that possibility too because Selium, the way with his play style and how slow he can play at times, I do feel like kind of puts a hurt on this team. And I almost, I actually almost feel like that's what you have seen Simp. We talked about before, maybe like why we've seen Simp struggle yeah. recently. And by struggle, you know, he's still playing very well, but not like superstar level Simp as of late is maybe because he has so much pressure on him because Selium isn't putting as much pressure on the map. So Simp has to do so much because you know Abizi's running out there. Um, getting in everybody's face, playing super quick, where then Slasher's playing like a typical main, a little slower in the back line. Selium is also playing a little bit slower, so Sim's kind of in this weird middle ground where his yep. flex isn't picking up the slack as much as he needs to, and Abizi's ultra fast, so Simp has a lot of ground to cover and just not enough time to do it. So he's almost spread too thin. I've kind of thought about that. So yeah, I could see a world where they try Simp on a flex, because like if you can pick up Pred, you almost make it work no matter what. Yeah, they're about a... They're- Going for Shotzi. <laughs> yeah, like, same thing. Like, if you can pick up Shotzi and you could have a roster of Simp, Abizi, Shotzi, Selium, you just kind of figure out how to make the roles work. Yeah. Just with the simple Shotzi and Abizi pressure that pe- that could um, be applied by those two in, like, the search and destroy strats, you could run with Selium, Abizi, Simp, and Shotzi. Same thing applies for Pred. Plug in any superstar player there. So, yeah. Just a little bit we want to talk about here with some options and you know it's never too early to talk about roster mania like a lot of teams like london could be dropping their whole roster the lag spot could be up for grabs vegas's team could be open florida's team could be open um minnesota's team with how they've struggled could potentially be all open new york could have some spots boston like a lot of a lot of potential open teams and moves to be made and we're looking forward to diving into those but we got more mw2 season to talk about first yep definitely interesting. Um, Yes, always interesting to talk roster mania. A uh, couple other things, hypotheticals were out. Um, Who would be the first few picks of the CDL if um, it was hosted like a draft style, kind of in, in spirit of the NFL draft just happening? Just a quick rundown. We oh, will probably do something. We do something like this every offseason where we do like a CDL redraft of players that are out there. But like, if you had to think like if who's going top five, maybe not in any order, but um, CDL like said, all right, all the players are going into a pool and we're having a draft. You each get to do a snake draft where you pick four players to start in your lineup. Who do you think first few picks? It used to always be automatically scump one because of what comes with him. Yeah. 
Um, but now that he's not playing, he's out of the equation. I feel like I feel like Pred would be the number one pick. I don't know if that's deserving, but I feel like with the potential stardom he has or Shotzi, just because of like the popularity of those players, I feel like Pred or Shotzi would be one. Because obviously, a they're very good players, but they come with a lot of popularity. Like I think I would actually say Shotzi might be one, and I don't think he's the best player, but I think the brand that comes with him, people would really want. Yeah, I would have said like Fred Shotzi, whoever one you want, go first, one and two. Yeah, yeah. I feel like a, a BZ is in there probably too. Yeah, I was going to say a BZ next. Simp was probably still in there. Selian might be in there. Yeah, I would say Octane. I feel like he'd like... go a little later. I don't know because he's a little bit older than like your Pred, your Shotzi, your Simp, your BZ. I feel like he would go a little bit later, and I feel like people don't. I feel like it's kind of similar to. I don't know. I'm trying to think of like a, a sports reference I can make, but I feel like it's kind of similar to like a. How about like current day like center in the NBA? Or like, yes, having a really yeah. good center can be very good for your team, but I feel like they're not as valued as having a good wing player. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like it's kind of the same way. Like, a, a aggressive sub, like a, a Shotzi, a Pred, and a BZ, a Simp. Those guys, I feel like, are more valued than a main AR. Yeah, I would agree. Like to me, I feel like if you have a average main AR, like an accuracy who's not like in a flash but can be decent, or like a methods when he played, or one of those guys, just like a, a solid main AR and like really good subs, like you have an Abizi on your team. I feel like that team has a better chance to be good than a team with like below average subs. Like who's some below average subs this year? Like if you have like the London subs. Where they're kind of struggling from early in the year. Like if you have the Ace and Paul X duo of subs, but you have an Octane, I feel like that team's not as good as like a, a team with a below average main AR but superstar subs. Yeah. I feel like they'd be valued a lot more. Also, I feel like they're harder to come by. I feel like more people can plug and play at main AR than can plug and play at like aggressive sub. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's interesting. Obviously, be up for debate. There's a lot more factors that go into it than just um just your ability at the time, because obviously age is going to play a factor. If you're an older pro and expected to probably retire in the next couple of years, you might go later. And um, your brand also plays a factor. Like we said, Scump, not the best player anymore at the stage of his career that would have been last year, but probably still would have been the number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. Even one year of Scump on your roster gets you instantly the fan favorite and gets you a very successful business model. Yeah, I 100% agree. Afro? I feel like he'd follow, but I feel like his stock has gone down this year as much oh. as I love Afro. Hydro? Hydro? Yeah, mean, Hydro. Hydro. <laughs> yeah, Hydro, definitely, that's one. I mean, there's probably people that we forgot about, but yep, Hydro, 100%. Sib's probably up there as well. Sib. Joe um, <laughs> he'd have, He'd be an interesting sleeper pick. Like he probably, You could probably sneak him down to like the third round, but would have potential as a young submachine gun to make some noise for you. I would was, I was say Kleenex or Scrappy. Yep, 100% guys that we didn't think of. Those would definitely be some probably first-round picks, maybe top of the first round even. I feel like Kleenex would slot in behind those first five or six subs, but he'd be one that like you snuck him down in the late round. You'd be like, we got a real value pick right there. Uh, I was going to say, a good like uh, second-round, middle-of-the-pack pick would be like uh, Draza. Yep, because he would probably slide because you just don't think of him as like that superstar, but great player, good in all game modes as well. Um, We'll talk about this more in the offseason, though, when we do. We'll do. I mean, that's like you know, in the offseason when you're scratching for any podcast idea just to to get something out for weeks and months on end. That'll be definitely something we do. We'll do a draft. Um, 
or we like do a whole CDL redraft like we do each offseason, see how things have changed. Um, CDL weapon bl- uh, blueprints are dropping tomorrow, Brock. Um, I will never understand why they apparently made them months ago and decided to make them on the Vaznev. They're just very lucky they didn't nerf the Vaznev into oblivion in the game and then it wasn't yeah. usable because that would have been a huge L, but kind of an L that it's not on attack or just usable on all weapons. You could put it on, but at least it's coming out. It's cool that the teams are able to customize them in some way. So that's kind of cool. Uh, dropping tomorrow. Kind of a cool little addition to the game. Yeah, pretty cool. Um, I, I, why didn't they make one for the Vaz and the tag, like both? Like, I, You know, you're being too logical right now. And trying I trying to apply logic to the CDL, which just never seems to go in our favor. I know, I know they said they did the blueprints because of, uh, you could do like a lot more creativity with the than re- a regular camo. Yeah, I just also that doesn't make any sense to me either. Like, why could we do all these creative things with camos since Black Ops Two? Um, but then all of a sudden now we can't. I don't, I don't know. understand <laughs> that. That doesn't make any sense to me. Blueprints are the dumbest thing they've ever introduced for cosmetics into Call of Duty, and you can't change my mind. The Black Ops Three system of those uh, supply drops, or you could just get camos for certain weapons, um, was the best thing they've ever had. Bring it back, please. Easily the good old. Great, you're in well playing. Yeah, like I, I don't care about a blueprint for some weapon where I have to then remove the attachments that makes the gun look stupid because I have to remove the attachments that are designed yeah. for it would have the camo on it. Like, just they're awful. But idea is cool. I like that they're allowing CDL teams to do some customization with their like in-game skin. Now, perfect. Let's do it next time. Let's make it for all guns in the game. Just a camel that's usable for all guns, kind of like it was in, once again, going back to 2015, Black Ops 3. Um, was a while ago. Eight years ago now, where you could uh, put it on any gun you wanted. The uh, the team camels for champs, and let's move this up next year. Let's drop it when the CDL starts or something. But good progress being made. We can't complain about progress. You have to give them some credit. Some progress. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, last piece of news. This is just like a random thing I saw on like Jacob Hill's page of CDL Intel. Only two teams have failed to win in 3-0 fashion this year, Brock, and LAG are not one of them. The two teams that have not won 3-0 are Florida and Vegas, although LAG has kind of an asterisk on their 3-0. They did beat an amateur team, Decimate Gaming at the Pro-Am. That's how their season's going. So yeah, LAG, like they do have a 3-0, but like it's not against the CDL team. And then London Royal Ravens also do have a 3-0, but it came in the major one qualifiers against New York, which is an interesting note because New York ended up winning that major and was like the best team. Like New York was the undisputed best team in the game coming out of major one. So that's interesting that that was the one team they 3 0 mm-hmm. At is the time, New York was wild. the best team in the game. Um, yeah. I guess it's a little surprising Vegas hasn't won in a 3-0 because they've been pretty good this year, but also they don't win controls, so not that shocking. They love the game fives. Yeah, and Florida, not really that shocking either. They've been pretty poor all year. Yeah. All right, you ready to jump into predictions for the week here? Yes, sir. All right, let's jump into our predictions. We'll talk here quickly about um, about the points from last stage. Is a interesting stage, to say the least, huh? Um, it was, indeed. So... For the major four totals, um, obviously I was up big lead, like 21 to six heading into the final week. So we gave you a lot of opportunities to give you the chance to get like two four point matches and have a comeback. You had an amazing week. Um, You had a 15 point week, which is a little bit inflated because you do get the double four points. But 
That 15-point week would have been good for the second best ever, only behind my 16-point week from week two of Major Four. Mm-hmm. Um, but even though you had a 15-point week, I broke the record for the second straight week, got 19 points um, in week three of uh, Major Four, and I finished with 40 points, which beat the old record of 22 by me in Major Two, so almost doubled it. And you had 21, really? so you were one off the all-time record. You had an incredible stage, and I almost doubled you up. It was just... uh. Something that will probably never happen again, but week one, I had, uh, let's see, week one of major four, I struggled a little bit, you know, was kind of down, got four matches wrong, but then from week two, got every match correct but one, and then week three, got the first eight matches correct. Yeah. Um. So I went on a crazy run. Obviously, we're doing the same scoring system. Pick the team, you get the map count right, you get a point. You get the series right, you get however many points you bet, which can be one, two, or once a week we can bet four. So jumping back into it, technically, I've won this stage, um, or I've won the season predictions because I'm up 3-1, but I don't know. Since you did predict the correct finals and winner of the last major, I feel like um, you get some credit for that, and we'll, we'll see what happens at the end here. If you have another really good brag, we might have to crown you the champion just for... You showing sure. up when it matters most. <laughs> um, I had a feeling. <laughs> yeah, we got a. We were looking through it. It's a day one, maybe a little bit of a snooze fest for the first couple matches, but then all of a sudden, like middle of the week, cranks up, and we got some great matches. We got some land matches this weekend. Minnesota and St. Paul is hosting home series again. Maybe if St. Paul wasn't like a trek across the state and then into Minnesota, like six hour drive for us, we'd head over there. Um, but yeah, it's a pretty long drive for us to go to a couple regular season matches. Uh, not nearly as close as the ones in Wisconsin were. But we've got Atlanta versus LAG. Technically, you also get the veto advantage. So for the four points, since I won the last stage. But starting off, got Atlanta versus LAG. I mean, do we both just want to pick Atlanta 3-0 and put our points on it? I don't know. LAG's looking pretty good. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, I'll put I'll give Atlanta three zero. I'll, I'll put my four points. Aaron, you're gonna steal my thunder and put four points on. That's probably the freest match. I'm also gonna say Atlanta three zero. I can't put four since you did, so I'm gonna put two. Max out the amount of points. I don't feel like there's a lot there. That's a uh, our most consistent team year over year versus the worst team in the game right now. Most likely them or London. So yeah, it's pretty hard not to pick Atlanta uh, in a three zero fashion there. Let's hope it pulls through unless LAG decides to win. Yeah, unless they decide to somehow win that match of all matches. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Then we got potentially another snooze, but really shouldn't be because Vegas is fighting for their life. Um, You know, you'd be like, oh, they play Optic and then they play NYSL. Like, you know, maybe this is their week. They could still go 0-2 and, you know, maybe finish 3-2. But no, um, Vegas also, after playing Optic and NYSL this week, ends up playing Atlanta, Minnesota, and Seattle. So if they want to make it to winners, um, they're going to have to, like, they're going to have to just pull out wins against some very good teams. Yeah. Uh, it's just going to have to happen. Um, I don't think it happens in this match, though. I'm going with an Optic. I'm trying to think because, like, even though Optic sucks at control, I still feel like they take out Vegas in control, and I feel like they definitely take them out in map one. It's just a matter of if I think it's a 3-1 because Vegas takes the search. That's my only dilemma here. It's 3-0 or 3-1 Optic. I think I'm going to say 3-1. I do think Vegas takes the search. Um, I'm going to put my four points on this one, though, because I feel like it's the 
Um, definitely the next best candidate for yeah. the most surefire match of the weekend. So I'm going to go three, one optic, put four points on it. I'm going to put three, two optic. They clutch it out around five. Think so. And Vegas was more full. <laughs> How many points you put on that? I'll put two. So what respawn do you think Vegas gets? Hard point, I'm assuming. Or do you think they actually take a control? They get the map going... for they get the map for hard point. So they're down two one. Lose or they're down two one when that map four and then yeah. Opt takes them out in the map five. Fighting for their lives. The most crazy thing you would have said is if Optic nezzles them or something. <laughs> Vegas wins two hard points and loses. Can you imagine if Vegas won two hard points against Optic but lost the series? That would be the ultimate throw. That would. <laughs> like you, you beat the best hard point team in the game, or one of them. Now that Thieves took them out, um, in two two hard points in a series, but you can't beat them in a search, which is your bread and butter. That'd be wild. I don't know. I was definitely a lot more confident before before, before that major, and they got rolled in thirty minutes and choked in game five. So. Yeah, I don't know what to, I don't have to think of Vegas right now. Yeah, choking a game five isn't an understatement at all. Either. It's not like they just like lost a game five. You know, they blew a five, what five two lead, five one lead, five two lead on their best yeah. map. Yeah, on their best map, but a game five that they absolutely had to win. So, and, and apparently oh. they had a streak. Yeah, I think Temp had one. Yeah, I think it was one of them. I don't remember who it was, but yeah, uh, yeah, I don't remember either. I want to say it was Temp, but I could be completely wrong. Um, Seattle versus Toronto was our final match, so this is where things kind of kick up. We Maybe have a not so great match to start Saturday, but honestly, second match on Saturday on the rest of the weekend is basically all good matches in terms of like teams being competitive. There is one toilet bowl match, but they're going to be competitive with each other because it is a toilet bowl match. Um, But Seattle versus Toronto, tough match to predict. I feel like we might split on this one. Where are you going with it? 3-1 Seattle. Okay, 3-1 Seattle. You think uh, Toronto's online struggles continue? A little bit, yeah. I think Scrappy says it's full when he first play online matches. Yeah. You're putting one or two on this. Uh, I'll put one. One point. I'm going to do Seattle 3-2 and also put one point on it. Uh, to me, this is a very tough one to predict. I feel like these two teams are like in the same spot in my head. They're both teams that I think can win an event, but at times just like just bottom out and have really bad matches. So like you want to put all your faith in them, you know, you you feel good because I mean, I think we'll both agree these are two of the more talented teams. Like on paper, these teams can get it all done. Um, something to note, I guess it's interesting. We didn't really talk about it that much. We talked about it a little bit last week, but like kind of interested to hear Seattle. There hasn't even been any rumors about them making a change. I thought maybe after the whole Mac situation where he once again kind of struggled in a yeah. tournament with his consistency and slaying, I thought maybe there'd be talks of like Vivid going there before he got inserted back in the starting lineup and all that stuff. But sounds like they're going to run it back because we haven't heard anything unless something comes out this week. Um. Yeah, I, I know they're. I saw their coach on Twitter like defending Mac for his like play. Which I, yeah, I mean I can't argue with them because like people love to hate Mac, but like. He's a good player. He does have his struggles, but once again, I'll say it. I feel like on that team, sometimes your numbers are not going to look great because Pred and Sib, the role that they're playing, they're both like in the way that their system is set up. Those two are playing to get a lot of kills because that's their job. Not saying they're like 
you know, just like hunting kills and only playing for stats. It's not what I'm saying at all, but like mm-hmm. their system is designed for accuracy um, of old to sit in the hill. You have two minutes every game and now Mac has been having two plus minutes every game. So like their system is designed that a couple people on their team are probably not going to have great stats and two of them are going to have incredible stats. Yeah. And Sims has been playing a lot better. Yep. Recently. And Pride's been consistent. Yeah. So it's just like, tough. Like that's why people would always, it was people would always roast Lamar for his you know 10 and 10 with two and a half in the hill but they'd win the game and now people are roasting mac because you know maybe he didn't put up crazy numbers but he's been getting a lot of hill time he's basically been taking that lamar role in the hill so like yeah easy to criticize mac but also do you want to chalk your team's chemistry you built over two years just because somebody had a bad tournament and just pray that for the final two tournaments of the year whoever you pick up can improve you do you want to just keep rolling with this team that's built the chemistry and rapport with each other for all this time I, i would probably take the latter unless there's a great option out there to replace mac with yeah, I would only say I, I, it would be interesting if they actually got like Asim. Yeah, that one, one would be definitely be interesting. We talked about that a little bit last week, but I just, yeah. I also don't know how much they're willing to spend because I'm assuming their roster is somewhat expensive. I would think Sib and Pred have pretty hefty contracts. I would actually think still Accuracy and Mac have decent sized contracts. I definitely don't think they're some of the lowest paid players. Yeah, probably actually. Yeah. I feel like Mac has been pretty valued. Uh, since he joined the league in NYSL, and I feel like actually as a veteran, good main AR presence that they kind of helped build their team around in Seattle. I feel like he probably doesn't have a small contract. Yeah, the leadership too. Yeah, that'd be interesting. But yeah, I like Seattle to take it, but I'm intrigued to see that match because it's two teams that I'm still trying to you know put my finger on exactly where they are. Mm-hmm. Going into Saturday, the one match that's maybe a little bit of a snooze in Minnesota versus London, but it is on land, and we went to that that event in uh, Madison, Wisconsin incredible environment really fun so shout out to all people that are going to be there and i believe it's in st paul minnesota um uh yeah because that's gonna be a really fun time it was for us i'm sure they're gonna have another great setup minnesota rocker does it right you know in a biased way with how many of their events i've been to kind of my favorite organ cdl for only that reason of they know how to run an event they do a fantastic job so shout out to them i got minnesota winning this one they're gonna do it in a 3-0 fashion because i like to pick some three o's three o putting two points on it. Minnesota is going to get that momentum back on land and they're actually coming off a relatively decent showing. Yeah. In the last major, you know, better than I, I, I wouldn't just, if you told me they got top six. I would have been like, that's a pretty good major for Minnesota. Last, last split. Did Minnesota play London when we were at Madison? No, they played Florida and LEG. That's right. Why did I think they played London? But I, I said they played London again. <laughs> yeah. They played Florida and LEG. Now they play London and, Boston, yeah. But I got I'll Minnesota three zero. I will do three one Minnesota. Asim will get you one. That's fair. You got one or two on that one. Uh, I'll put two points. Okay. I think London could pull off an upset here, though. Like I'm not. I'm confident Minnesota. I obviously said three zero. I think they're going to play well on land with that crowd again. But I don't think it's impossible for London. You know. To come out and get a win here, they they did look okay at times over the last you know month or so. Um, and Yuli did have some decent maps at the major there on LAN. And, you know, I, I think they could pull off an upset, but got to lean towards Minnesota with how desperate of a stage this is for them. Because in terms of schedules, they definitely have the inside track and points wise to make champs over Vegas. Easier schedule um, and they're ahead on points. Yep. All right. Second match of the day, we got Vegas NYSL, which you may think could be an NYSL blowout, but also, like, once again, huge match for Vegas because. Um, Minnesota can keep climbing on them and Vegas has two very tough matches so to even go one and one this week to 
help keep their winner's bracket hopes alive would be big. I mean, to me, in my opinion, the way that Vegas makes champs isn't through um, winning these qualifier matches. Obviously, they have to win at least two to, to make it to winners. But to me, they can even go two and three. Vegas just has to somehow find a way to make winner's bracket for this major and then make a run to like top six or top four. Like, I feel like that's the only way Vegas can make champs. Like scratch out two or three wins and make winner's bracket and make a top four run at the final yeah. tournament. I feel like their their points are going to have to come from the tournament because there's no way to me they win four matches again in this yeah, point. They have way too tough a schedule. That's a tough schedule. I will. I'm actually going to pick, even though they got bodied in 30 minutes on land, I'm going to pick Vegas 3-2 game five. Okay, one it helps alive, <laughs> uh, and two point point one point point. I'm gonna go the opposite direction. I think NYSL knock Vegas to zero and two of the week, and they're in a very desperate spot. I think they do it in a three one fashion. I, I think Vegas either takes map one or two. Um, I'm gonna put two points on that for the side of NYSL. You know they do struggle sometimes, so I won't be surprised to see Vegas win, especially with how desperate they are. But I mean. In this split, Vegas has to play Optic, then NYSL, then Atlanta, then Minnesota, then Seattle. I mean, I feel like the most likely record for them is one and four. Beat Minnesota, lose to the other four, or you know, beat one of them and lose to the other four. So yeah. it's uh it's a tough split for Vegas. If you told me they were gonna come out with four wins again like they did last split, I'd be like, that is maybe the greatest run of all time with how desperate they are to get wins. That means that they would have to beat I mean, they would have to beat like Probably yeah, NYSL, Seattle, Atlanta, like something crazy. So I got NYSL on this one. I think they really put Vegas in a desperate spot. Then we move on to Minnesota versus Boston. Definitely the best land match that Minnesota's had in their home series. I mean, the other ones were, like we said, Florida, LAG, London are our yeah. three bottom teams, really. And get to play Boston. That should be a, a really good match. Vivid's first match back on the roster. What you got in this one? Three to two, close game. Close game five. Minnesota pulls it out. Okay, and, uh, I like one it. Po- one point. How about and I go what? the exact opposite of you? Boston three two one point. They're, they're two and zero. I'm land in uh these little what do we call it? <laughs> yep, little home series. <laughs> the homestand things. I think they go to four. If they go to four zero, I I honestly hope they don't. I hope they don't go for it because I don't want to see the just people complaining on Twitter. Yeah. But all oh, the, the home field advantage cheese, like, Oh, they got all these extra points. Cause of that, like, uh, it's just annoying. Like not, not this again, <laughs> Yeah, like not that annoying. Like, I'm sorry. Your franchise doesn't care as much, uh, to put in enough effort to host a, a home series. That's, it's unfortunate, but things like this, uh, sometimes, you know, you got to realize that it is about the growth of the CDL. Um, and Minnesota is yeah. doing a lot to help grow their fan base, which is something that we should be happy for. It's not like they're literally cheating. It's not like they're literally like giving them, you know, walls in their PC and actually like physically cheating. Like some people want to make it seem like, you know, mm-hmm. they're attempting to grow the CDL and grow their fan base, which I don't think we should be complaining about because it's not like the CDL is the NFL size where all that matters is competitive integrity, which it does matter a lot, obviously. But, you know, the CDL is not the NFL. We got some growing to do still. Yep. Every team um, should hop on the Minnesota, what they're doing, train. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, besides our orgs that are established and really know what they're doing, like yeah. your phase, your thieves, your optic, all these other teams can take the Minnesota business model. Honestly, they should probably take the Minnesota business model more than the optic one because 
I don't think anybody's gonna be able to ride that optic model to the the stardom that they have because they're just special and they did it yeah. so early. Minnesota is the team to follow, like such a grassroots fan base and built it, you know, the correct way. Other teams should follow suit and use Minnesota as an example because optics an anomaly. They're just insanely good at what they do and have been building that for ten plus years. Yeah. Let's jump into that uh, final match between one of those teams, though, that we uh, mentioned knows what they're doing as well. That's LAT. They play Toronto. This is another excellent match to end out Saturday night. Uh, who you got here? You think LAT continues their hot streak coming off the major? Or they have a, a little hangover. They have a tough weekend this weekend. Toronto and NYSL, two tough matches for LAT. I do think LAT is going to have a little bit of a hangover. And it's online for them. And they're mm-hmm. 81. So let's, let's take a Toronto 3-1 and two points on it. Okay. You know what? I actually don't hate that pick. I was maybe going to pick Toronto with the hangover, but I'm going to keep it fun and keep going opposite of you. I'm going to say LAT 3-1, and I'll put two points on it. This is really a toss-up to me. Um, yeah. I do think it creates interesting storylines, which everybody knows I'm all for. That would, uh, With LAT winning, if my predictions come true, that would mean Toronto starts another split 0-2 after starting last major in a winner's bracket, which would get really interesting to see what the story's like for them. Uh, because then even after this week... They still have to play Optic, LAG, Minnesota. So they could easily get in the boat where if they go 0-2 this week, they could lose to Optic, start 0-3, and they're in a real tough spot again. Yeah, We saw them go to back-to-back losers brackets. Um, after, after winning, yeah. <laughs> after winning, that'd be uh, scary for their hopes going into champs. Once again, they, had, they must have had really easy schedules early on in the qualifiers because they got to play Seattle, LAT, and Optic in this split. Like That's brutal. Yeah, 100%. Let's go to the toilet bowl now. <laughs> yeah, Florida versus LAG. We don't spend that much time on this one, like you said. Toilet bowl, but I'm taking Florida. 3-2 just for the fun of it, just because it's the toilet bowl. I'm going to pick a 3-2, and let's just see like these two bad teams duke it out. 3-2, putting one point for Florida. I'm picking... I'm going to do the opposite of you. LAG 3-2? Yeah. One point also. Yep. That's oh. just a match that it's like you're throwing a toss up on a game five because you have no confidence in either team and you're putting one point because once again, you got no confidence on either team. They're both pretty bad, which may it'll make it be a decent game for them. Yeah, sometimes it's fun to watch those matches because like they're also just not playing that sound. So just mm-hmm. random stuff is happening. And it can get kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, all right. Then, you know, we go from one extreme to the other. Go from Florida LAG to the CDL classic match, uh, phase versus optic. Pretty uh, drastic difference there, but who I who you got here? It's a classic matchup of two great teams. Phase, you know, overall success has had the upper hand for the last two years. Uh, but on the other hand, you know, optic in terms of this matchup only has had their number. Even when phase is the better team, optic has had their number from Vanguard yep. into this year. The only time it really wasn't was the Cold War year. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to take Atlanta. 3-3-1. Three, and three, up at one point. Okay. I don't hate it because, like, once again, if you're ever betting on FaZe, it's never a bad bet. We'll always say that, but they win, like, over 80% of their matches in the CDL. Like, betting on FaZe can never go wrong. You can never really roast somebody for doing it, even if they're struggling going into a major. Could never really argue with a phase winner at the major pick. Like it just 
phase and winning go hand in hand. Um, yeah. With that said, I think Optic is going to continue their hard point dominance, at least over teams that aren't as good in phase. Specifically, is not that great at hard point. I think Optic is going to be able to win both hard points in this series for sure, as long as it goes to a map four. So I like them in those two. It's a matter of can Optic win one of the other maps? And mm-hmm. I think they can. I think they can win the map two search, lose the control, and I think they can close it up by winning one, two, four. So I like Optic 3-1, and I'm actually not going to go one point. I'm going to go two points on it in an Optic 3-1. All right. Um, but they do lose the control, and that continues to be a major point of concern for them. Uh, then we end out the night with another banger. End out the weekend with another banger. NYSL versus LAT. Hangover continue for LAT for you, or do you think they, they get this one done? They curb stamp NYSL 3-0. <laughs> okay. You think LAT, LAT just runs through NYSL? Yep. Locked in. Two points, since you're so confident? Yep, yep two points. Oh, man. That was my first thought, so why, why not go with it? <laughs> I'm conflicted on where to go here, because I also obviously do think LAT is the better team, but I don't have them losing to Toronto, but I feel like with this tough weekend of two matches, the hangover's bound to hit, and they're bound to lose to one of them? But I feel like it's more likely to be Toronto, and I already picked LAT to beat Toronto. I'm going to take NYSL. I think LAT is the better team, but something's just telling me NYSL is going to come out, uh, you know, firing this split, and maybe LAT does have a bit of that hangover. So I'm going to take NYSL. I think they win it at a map five, but I'm only going to put one point on it because, like I said, LAT is the better team. But NYSL is a team that can upset anybody on any given day because of their talent. And I think they pull it off here. I, I think they, they upset LAT 3-2, coming off yeah. the major win. Yep. Not super likely, but I think it's definitely plausible. Um, all right. So our predictions all wrapped up. Couple little things to talk about as we head into the major before we wrap it up. Just real quick, 10 second answer or something. Um let's let's do that one last. Let's say who do you think is gonna finish as the one seed in this split? I'm gonna go with phase. Okay. I, phase is also probably my pick, but it seems kind of counterintuitive since I pick Optic to beat them um, in this split. So let's say, and Optic does have a relatively tough schedule. I was going to say Optic since I picked them to beat Phase, but they play Seattle and Toronto after playing Atlanta this week. And Atlanta does play LAG, Vegas, Ravens, and Boston outside of Optic. Yeah, I think Phase is most likely, but just to keep it different, I'll say Optic because I have them going 2 0 this week against. Atlanta and Vegas. So I'll say Optic, but yeah, I think Phase is the correct pick. That'd probably be mine too. Um, and who's going to be our 12th place finisher? You think he's going to finish dead last, be the, the lowest seed at the major? Oh, man. I, I'm going to go with London still. Yeah, they play uh, Minnesota, LAG, Atlanta, Florida, LAT. Um, I'm going to go with LAG. I want to say Vegas just because they have such a tough schedule, but I could see where they're, they have so much to play for. They squeak out two, maybe. Um, then all the other teams that have tough schedules for this major are like Seattle, Toronto, Optic, Boston are mm-hmm. the toughest. So I can't really see any of those teams just, you know, completely sucking it up. But LAG, I have them losing to Atlanta, probably Florida, probably Toronto and NYSL for sure. Their only winnable matches are probably Florida and London. I think they find a way to at least lose one of those. So I can see them going one and four, which is 
high chance to be the bottom seed. Um, who will be in our champs field after we round up? I guess we, I don't want to say with the major because, you know, I don't want to predict anything for the actual tournament, but like, I guess, yeah, after the tournament, we'll, we'll just do it. After the tournament, who's going to be in our final eight? You think uh, Minnesota and uh, Vegas are both going to sneak their way in there, kick somebody else out? Um, or do you think the seven teams that are in one through seven are safe and one of the two is going to make it between Vegas and Minnesota? Who you got? I do. That's interesting, but saying about the Minnesota and Vegas, somehow just both make it. Austin bottoms out again. That is possible. But for the sake, I, I will, I'm going to put, I want uh, Vegas is going to sneak in with, with a t- good tournament play. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I can see the path. If Vegas didn't have such a tough schedule, I could see the path because they're not, they're both like within reach of Boston and Boston does play Seattle, Atlanta, NYSL to round out the tournament in their final three matches, which could be three losses. Seattle, Atlanta, NYSL, I favor all those teams over Boston. Mm hmm. And they play Minnesota with a home crowd on land. So yeah. there's a world where Boston goes one and four. Let's say they start in losers, obviously at one and four, and then they have a tough team like a Thieves, a Phase, an Optic drop down to uh, to losers after round one. And Boston only gets ten points for this whole split because they go one and four and finish twelfth again. If Vegas had an easier schedule, I'd say they could both jump them because Minnesota, I do think, is going to go. Probably three and two, because I think they'll find a way to win at least three of their matches in this split. Um, and then let's say Vegas had an easier schedule, but man, with Vegas having to play optic phase surge in NYSL, I just think they're going to start in losers. So I've got Minnesota making it Vegas falling short with their tough schedule. Yeah, I'm hopeful though. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Vegas is the more entertaining team, and I wish they'd make it, but it just it's not looking likely with the way things are set up. Yeah, not looking great at the moment. All right. Then last thing, who is going to be the MVP of the qualifiers this stage? Major not included, because um, obviously we have to get into who you think is going to win the major. But looking at uh, you know our teams, who do you think is going to be like the, the qualifiers MVP? You can name a player or two if you want, because obviously it's going to be no official award given up. Like, who do you basically think is going to have a great stage as an individual? And obviously that probably means that their team had pretty good success if they're being called the MVP. One of them, I'm going with Simp. Simp's going to okay. get out of his little rut he's in and go crazy. Okay. That was actually going to be one of mine because of the fact that I do think FaZe is such an easy schedule in this split. I'm kind of looking at like a, a Draza, a Kenny maybe. I'm going to go ahead and say Kenny, I think, because I want to do something different. I was thinking Simp or Abizi. I'm going to go ahead and say Kenny. Let's say LAT with the fact that they do get to play Minnesota, Florida, London, NYSL, Toronto. Let's say they get to find uh, four wins out of there. Mm-hmm. Kenny uh, continues his really, really good play that we saw in flashes at the major. Um, I'm going to say Kenny has a really good split here. And he does heat up towards the end of the year, too. Yep. And he was heating up at this last event. Definitely saw that. And he said, you know, they're not close. They're not where they want to be right now. So hopefully yep. <laughs> that's true. Watch out, everyone. Yeah, if if they're not where they want to be and they just ended up winning the tournament and taking on some really good teams, that is that is definitely scary for the rest of the league. Yeah. Um that's about all I got though on the on the docket here for today. If you got anything else? No, not really. I'm good to go. All right. 
let's wrap it up. Let's get everybody out of here just under an hour. You guys enjoy this one. Be sure to leave a like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube. Um, we obviously appreciate your support. We say it every time we mention it, but we're looking to hit that 1,000 subscriber mark, and you guys have been killing it with the support. We're getting closer and closer. So if you're not subscribed and you're listening to this, you enjoyed it, drop a sub. We'd appreciate the support. It's free for you to do, and it really does help us out. Um, helps us hit that goal, so we'd appreciate that. If you're on the audio platforms, drop a follow, drop a five-star review on there. Continuing to see some good momentum on there, so we really do truly appreciate um, your support. We say it a lot, but it's because we mean it. We appreciate the support. Um, thank you guys so much for watching. Hope you guys enjoy watching the matches this coming weekend. I'm looking forward to getting back to some Call of Duty action. Um, and check those out. So yeah, we'll see you guys next week with some reactions and some more predictions. You guys know the drill. Thank you guys so much for watching, and we'll see you in the next one.